NPR. This is the Indicator for Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma here with Darian Woods. Great to be here. Also with us today, Planet Money super producer who has been filling in as the Indicator's editor, Dave Blanchard. Hey guys, good to be here. Like we do every week, we're bringing you three key snapshots of all the wild and wonderful things happening in the global economy. And one of the things we're going to look at is the big one, massive GDP growth in the U.S. economy. We're then going to look at the European economy and see its struggles with inflation and growth right now. And then we will look at the story of how two million dimes were heisted. Heisted or hoisted? Housed. I say heisted, you say hoisted. Let's just call the whole thing off. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at eTrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. Okay, Darian Woods, you're up first with uh, a big table setter indicator for the economy. Yes, indeed. So my indicator is 4.9%, which is how much the U.S. economy is growing right now annually. It is steaming hot. The latest GDP numbers for the last quarter came out yesterday. And by the way, that 4.9% number strips out inflation. So it's real growth. Whew. I mean, usually we're talking about like 2 or 3% is a good number for GDP growth in the U.S. economy. It's hot out of the oven. But, you know, whether or not it's a sustainable improvement in prosperity is debated. A lot of Americans might be looking at those numbers and thinking, really? I mean, I'm not feeling any richer. Yeah, right. It's one, another one of these numbers that like tells us the economy is doing great. But like, I, I, I don't know. It still feels like a lot of people are kind of nervous about where the economy is heading right now. Yeah. And so what's interesting is if you look at the different components of GDP, they tell a different story. In particular, look at real disposable household income. And that actually dropped by 1% annually. But what Americans are doing is spending a lot. These numbers were supercharged by the US consumer spending a lot on things like laptops, barbecues, dishwashers, And Americans are saving less money to do that. Last quarter, the savings rate fell. This is like the YOLO economy. (laughs) We've moved from FOMO to YOLO. Spending it like, like it's literally going out of style. Yes. And it's not just the consumer. The government is also spending a lot, funded by deficits. National defense, for example, shot up to 8% growth annually. Right. And now we've got the war in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas. So that's probably not going to go down anytime soon. No. Okay, so uh, you've poured some rain on uh, these seemingly nice numbers. Is there anything good with the GDP news? 
I'm look, I'm not saying don't be happy about these strong numbers. Pretty sure that's what you're saying. But <laughs> I'm saying be cautious. These are strong numbers overall and they defy recession predictions. But I'm saying look at those GDP components and ask yourself whether they can continue growing indefinitely. Everyone's favorite kind of good news is the kind with, with the asterisks. Uh, thank you, Darian. Okay, so from the U.S., our next indicator takes us to the continent of Europe, right, Dave? Yeah, so 4% is my indicator. That is the rate that the European Central Bank announced it would pause its interest rate hiking at, 4%. So that keeps the rate at the highest ever seen in the 25-year history of the ECB. And that's in keeping with what we've been seeing from a lot of central banks, right? Like, I mean, a lot of them are just kind of pausing and not going forward with more rate increases at the moment. Obviously, you've got the Federal Reserve in the U.S., but also in Canada and the U.K., you know, a lot of central banks are doing this kind of pause at the moment. This is kind of interesting to me because, correct me if I'm wrong, but inflation is still relatively high in the eurozone, like above 4% last I checked uh, compared to below that for the U.S., Right, right. Yeah. So you might think that they'd want to keep increasing rates to try to keep forcing that down. But it's also just a much more complicated situation than in the States. Here we're, we're constantly talking about, some, like, you know, surprisingly positive economic news. You know, we were just talking about that big GDP number, right? Right. And like the, the news about the jobs market, it continues to be like surprisingly strong and, and uh, consumer spending is high. Yeah, I mean, for the time being, the economy in the U.S. has been pretty resilient in the face of the rate hikes. But it's different in the eurozone. The ECB says its economy is weak. Some economists warn it could tip into recession, especially now with the Israel-Hamas war, which could lead to higher energy prices. The euro is struggling. GDP is weak. So they're just really wary of cooling the economy too much with more hikes. Right. And Europe is not a monolith. Like, there are some countries in there that might be doing better and worse than others. Right. And that's part of the trick here, right? There's like 20 countries all on the euro. And so it, there's also been this like kind of role reversal in recent years where Greece, which was, you know, deeply in debt just over a decade ago, is now doing relatively well, other than like a stubbornly high unemployment rate. Well, Germany, which was the cornerstone of the European economy for so long, it's actually looking like it could be the only European country to see its economy contract this year. So for a central bank trying to figure out what to do, it's sort of depends which direction you're looking. Thank you, Dave. And and next we have something that is kind of like the cat stuck at the tree segment of our Indicators of the Week. Adrian Ma, a very fun story from you. My indicator is not about big macro trends affecting national economies or continents. It doesn't involve billions or millions. Uh, the number this week for me is $234,000. That's it. A humble indicator. Here's the deal. According to recently unsealed federal court documents, that is the amount allegedly stolen from the back of a truck, which was carrying a shipment from the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. And uh, get this. This $234,000 was all in dimes. Wait, wait, so we might be talking about millions here. I mean, that sounds like more than a million dimes. Uh, what is it? 10 times 234,000 dimes. So that's like over 2 million dimes. Wow. And yeah, I've actually tried to do some math here, right? So get this. The, uh, the U.S. Mint says that a dime weighs exactly 2.268 grams. And if the, uh, the dollar amount in the charges is correct, that means this allegedly stolen loot would weigh almost six tons. 
And to put that in Philadelphia terms, that is about as heavy as six Liberty Bells. <laughs> Wait, so, I mean, how do you just, you know, abscond with six tons worth of dimes? So this is how the, the feds say that it went down. So in April of this year, this truck with a tractor trailer attached uh, picked up a shipment of dimes from the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. It was supposed to go to Miami, but... On the way, the driver of the truck pulls over into a Walmart parking lot to rest, you know. And and then video apparently shows that during that night, the truck was unattended and several men broke into the truck and started loading the dimes into these bags, which they then put in their own truck before driving off. So do you think they knew that this was a dime-carrying truck? So, So the police think they did not know what they were getting into because... Well, the truck itself is is not marked. It just looks like a blank tractor trailer. They probably broke into this tractor trailer because it was part of a pattern. They say members of this crew were allegedly also involved in a whole string of thefts and robberies that were targeting trucks. So, so for instance, they allege that members of this crew were involved in boosting a truck full of refrigerators. And in another case, they allegedly stole frozen shrimp and frozen crab legs from the back of another truck. Did they go on a big spending spree of lots of dimes? I mean, how do you cover up your tracks to actually use that money? (laughs) Allegedly, what happened afterwards is they started to try and convert these coins into cash, uh, partly by depositing them at various banks around the uh, Philly area, partly by exchanging Mm -hmm. a lot of them at Coinstar machines. You know, the things you see (laughs) in, like, grocery store checkout areas. I feel so bad for the person behind the person (laughs) with $200,000 worth of dimes to deposit at the Coinstar machine. So in the end, they only managed to convert like a couple thousand or a few thousand dollars worth of dimes into cash, which, you know, maybe means that somewhere out there there was floating many more bags of loose dimes. Maybe that explains the uh, recent surge in consumer spending. This episode was produced by Cooper Katz McKim with engineering by James Willits. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Kaken Cannon edits the show, and the indicators of production of NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. Each week, you'll get thoughtful, in-depth analysis of both the stock and the bond markets. Listen today and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people.